Welcome to JW Community Podcast, where my mum is basically just blabbering on about nonsense. Thank you, Phil. Hello and welcome to JW Community Podcast. I'm recording on the 13th of February, so the day before Valentine's Day, and I'm hoping to get this podcast live on the same day because I've got an incredible guest on my um, podcast today. It's a gentleman called Andrew Mogford, and he came to my attention because he was in the Devon newspaper recently, so I'll read you the introduction uh, from the newspaper It says a well-respected Devon businessman has been overwhelmed with love and support since publicly announcing that he has only days to live after being diagnosed with tongue and neck cancer. Andrew says he is now using his last days to bring healing and reconciliation where he can. And he also in the article talks about calling the Jehovah's Witnesses out on the shunning. But overall, it's a very positive article. Andrew, welcome. Thank you, Louise. So... Can you just tell me whereabouts you are now? Well, I'm, I'm back home, so I spent two weeks in a hospital. Okay. And I was very close to death when I entered as a baby. Mm-hmm. But they got me nice and stable, and so my pain had been stopped. And basically, I've been staying home to die at home now. And I don't know how long I've got. I'm dying in a moment, but I'm exactly the same today as I should be. I'm relieved to hear that your pain is under control because one of my great concerns was interviewing you and contributing to to the situation being worse for you by you having to talk. So thank you uh, again. I don't have any set up, despite the fact that you're telling me about most of my time. Yes, yes, yes. I still talking. Okay. So can you can we go back to the beginning? You've done um, a series of videos called So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. And can I just say, yeah. I love your dedication to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your life as a Jehovah's Witness, first of all. So my parents became witnesses in the early 70s, the then 60s really. And, and that era was a bit of a bit of expansion, wasn't it? And there was a lot of excitement around the 1975. So those are my early memories of expecting army heading to come in the moment around that era. Um, Spoiler it didn't happen. But nonetheless, I was still at 16 in 1983 and finally I was on the first Minister of Training School in Britain. Wow. I was in the first class. So my teacher was in the year, but I think I was in my first place. Goodness me. But I was the first very recently then yes how did you wake up or how did you leave? I think the situation is not unusual. I was very unhappy in my marriage. Mm. But the news of this committed adultery. So I had no tips to answer the divorce. But nonetheless, I was at the point where I was suicidal with unhappiness. Heck. I decided to know that because people were coming to me to advice, and I thought, I can't give you advice, but my own marriage is not good. Mm. And it was exciting to get divorced, really, because it was the first time in my life, I've never done this one before, it was always kind of accidental or very 
similar experience that I was really unhappy in my marriage and I left and then I kind of started reasoning around it. So were you disfellowshipped? No. No, but still shunned? Oh, no, the shunning is not personal, so... Right. um, I was personally affected by the assembly two years ago, then my family became hesitant about associating with me. Mm Mm-hmm. stand that you've made given that in your situation you might decide that you've got many many other more pressing issues to deal with and you've decided to speak out on behalf of others even though it's not necessarily affecting you that's incredible yes that's right they've been doing it for a while in a slight little way you know it's just slightly but realizing it hasn't got anything to do I thought this is my this is what I want to do in the United States. This is how I'm spoken out of the United States. And yeah. I'm just dropping the other two. 
the evening the British Ocean is made up of absolutely little drop. And since so his murder stood up and says, really, this is not acceptable, to be scouting just because he's having a disease, you know, it might be a chance of him changing that policy. Yeah. Because there's so much happiness on both sides. Yeah, there is. Yeah, on both sides. Because the people doing the shunning are equally as unhappy about it. They don't really want to shun. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody's a victim, aren't they? Every Both sides. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. How did you get your, your story into the newspaper then? Did, did you approach them or did they approach you? I think someone picked them up. Wow, a quarter of a million. Yes, and that's how I um, came to meet you, I suppose, through the internet and through that newspaper article. And it is a, it, it's it it shows what a positive person you are. That you want your drive is to help and and as you say, reconcile people. Yes. And and yes. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. positive and happy um right can you i'm just going to ask my son to do it right okay thanks oh good what darling if i read to myself yeah does it count yeah yeah it does yeah okay yeah. sorry about that <laughs> so can you tell me about your videos that you've made yes well, uh, i wanted to get my story out there some um beautiful little stories in your videos um <laughs> i love the one about when you knock the door and um he, and, and a lady comes to the door and you think i'm sure i left magazines with a man so you say 
oh, I um, I spoke to your husband last time. <laughs> That's a great story. I don't want to spoil it. I'll let you finish it off. <laughs> Well, that was it. That's the same guy who was, who was a man. Um, but in the picture, really, really, actually, it is a mistake to make, but what really did it was, he went to get the money, and I had to take, what was the most good hands away, put this away. And so he was ignoring it, actually, but perhaps apologising. Then he came back and I said to him, oh, it was Mr. Husband's, wasn't it? Brilliant. Brilliant. I and thought that, that was... That was <laughs> Did you? I thought that was genius, but I, <laughs> I completely—I thought it was a genius, but I did understand what you said that you felt so ashamed, or you were so sensitive to the issue that you just said you had to go off and you couldn't do any more doors that day. And I—I I kind of get that feeling. I understand where you were with that. It's awful, yeah. and you were on your own. You had nobody to. I was, I was you had a lot of guts because as you said you were the only witness family in your town so your field service was completely on your own and one of the things I wondered from one of your Facebook posts was that you said that you've come to realize that you're Asperger's and if you think back to how phenomenally cripplingly hard being a Jehovah's Witness and having to knock doors for all yes. all your life with with that that that's a hell of a burden. Yes, it's uh and the plus side, the spiritual says you tend to have to be socially awkward, which is definitely true of me. But actually all those years of doing the street chamber helped me to some extent overcome that. So um I was more something to do with people. And mm. in my business doing things like this so so you feel it's, it helped you with your dealings with people because you were kind of forced to deal with people whether you yeah, wanted to or absolutely. not as a witness you struck me as a as from what I've read and heard of your videos as quite a sensitive child and you talk yeah. about how grateful you are to your parents for maybe subconsciously making allowances for that and yes. one, one of the things that you talked about was waking up every morning and asking has Armageddon come yet? Yes, well, this was 375 so you're talking about me I'm, I'm maybe three years old Yeah This would be the early 70s especially if it was the same as that the first thing actually there would be a new system time yeah. Um, but in the prison story, I said I'm a young person who understands the implications. Yeah. I'd be imagining I'd be walking out and the world would be destroyed, you know? Mm. It'd be just us survivors. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, the year when my parents told me the truth, there was a real fear that around 1975, and you know, there was a truth of a pioneering and telling their homes and really up to the end. Yeah. And there's a big impression on me, really. And then, and then the end not coming, and everyone kind of uh, turning a blind eye to it and just carrying on. Yes, I think that's what I think. Yeah, I think the number of pioneers dropped, and the people left. So the eighties were the late seventies, early eighties were quieter, and then gradually the mid eighties, things started picking up again in terms of numbers and different pioneers. Right. 
I can only apologise that Armageddon didn't come because um, <laughs> because it meant that you had to do, go to your swimming lessons. <laughs> yes, I'm saying yes, I, I enjoyed them. What a relief. Exactly. So you obviously um, became a businessman while you were still a witness because you found that you had this um, flair for computers back before people had computers. Yes, that's right. That's great. So, yes, I, I, um, I was a business here for years, of course, it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Even though I was scared of heights. So that was, that was one of my biggest mistakes in life. Mm-hmm. And then my health backed up and I had to do something else. And uh, I was fortunate enough really to have this skill. Mm-hmm. I was really to stop that development. So it's meant I've had... I think I've just had a financial and the other's life. It's just me And so you've had, as you say, about 10 years not as a witness. Yes. And you say that life has been much happier for you since then. It has. I was in and out of hospital regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad was a heavy witness. And until this last few months, when the cancer has come, mm-hmm. I've been free of going to hospital. You know, I've been healthy, I've been happy. I've been free of guilt. I was always guilty. This is just birth of things. You know, every time, every person in church that we have from the platform, within the magazines or anything, I try to follow up. Right. And it's an absolute drive you insane because it's something. And I never felt I did enough, even though I was literally seeing myself. Yeah. I'm really pushing myself, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit surreal, that burden. It's been a great blessing, really. Just because you've only been married so recently, haven't you? That's right. You got married in June last year. They were very good. We didn't want to upset our witness races. They were doing it yesterday until we got married. Yeah. And we went on honeymoon. In two days, yes, it's my honeymoon. I got a diagnosis of time cancer. And I said, most of my time will move. She sounds like a wonderful woman that's brought you happiness very recently. I'm I'm really glad that that you that you met her. That um, that's so lovely. Um, But I went into hospice. Mm -hmm. They gave us a room in the hospice with my nose in the There's a beautiful picture, actually, in the newspaper article yes. um, where you explain how she she cares for you and, and loves you. And and so I suppose um, it's a small comfort that you've found happiness. Yes. But, but under, under difficult circumstances. Can I ask you if you would have any advice to... People who are perhaps thinking about, who are questioning whether to leave the witnesses or not. I think you have to be yourself. You know, don't, don't change your religion to please other people. Mm. If you want to be against it, if you love it, you want to find it, that's fine. But don't do it to please other people. 
possible to be happy it's an interesting dynamic from when you're in and the world is incredibly scary and you think and I thought exactly the same I was terrified of people that weren't witnesses and then you you make friends tentatively because you think well this is a bit weird and you realize they're such lovely people yeah i know i saw i think it was maybe one of your facebook posts where you said that you'd had some friends that had traveled from italy over to see you yes that's right but this is how it's chosen this is that was my previous girlfriend no <laughs> Obviously, you've got some beautiful posts that people have put on your Facebook wall saying what yeah. a kind, uh, generous, supportive person that you've always been and what a good friend you've always been. So I think, you know, people are really appreciative of the way that you've helped them throughout your life. And it's nice that, that they recognise that. This is where I feel blessed because sometimes people just drop dead, don't they? I have no idea how you have to see it. You know, it's nice I'm going to sit my own funeral. I'm getting to hear these lovely comments. Things. It's really special than medicine, you know, when people start saying nice things about me. And when you know it's still new. You know, again, spiritual takes snattery. And then people say snattery and empty the eyes. But when you believe it and people say things to the other truth, that is special than any medicine that can give you. Yeah, it is It is nice to hear the things now when you can appreciate them. You're right, because yeah. you can't attend your own funeral. Yes, it's difficult After talking me, about it. Can I ask you about 
your life as an ex-Jehovah's Witness? Because obviously there's um, an ex-Jehovah's Witness community and we've just come to meet you and to know you and you've just joined the UK group. From when you left 10 years ago, were you aware that there was like a group of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses kind of in touch with each other or did you just leave and have your own life? healthy actually i think um leaving and forging a, a lovely life is is quite a healthy thing to do i've got a friend that i've just just met six months ago who did the same much the same as yourself left and just forged his own life and didn't really have any contact and they're just come in contact with the xjw community this year and it's nice to have your own life and not to be continually defined by being a, a Jehovah's Witness and then an ex-Jehovah's Witness. It's also nice as well to meet people that understand everything you say. Absolutely. I mean, yes, it's, it's, uh, yeah, they're sort of the same language, aren't they? Yeah. And so I do enjoy... I still have friends that I've been Jehovah's Witnesses, which I've said, yeah, and I've friends that I've never been Jehovah's Witnesses. I would say that's them as well. Right. So I'm in happy position of being able to... to actually both, Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I I left and, like you, was quite isolated, didn't know there was... An, I mean, it depends when you left and how, how internet savvy you were, I think, because you wouldn't necessarily find a, the, a group of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses unless you were online, really. So if you've left pre-internet days, you wouldn't necessarily meet up. But now it's quite easy to meet up and I know you've been talking to people and it it must be nice for at least for people to understand where you've come from and your journey through that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. From tonight, when we've had our interview, and I'll get this online as soon as I can, what are you doing with the rest of your time that you've got left? That's a huge question. So I have, I have two or three little projects. Mm-hmm. I want to help people where I can doing that mm-hmm. Um I want to do some more of my memoirs. That's amazing. And will you write or will you do more more YouTube videos or both? It's going to have to be... The last time I did it, I wrote first and then I read it. So I'm going to have to do it 
And um, I expect you've got a wealth of amusing anecdotes and memories and memoirs that you can write. So I hope that you crack on with that <laughs> and get them all yeah, written down. Oh, don't they ever? Yeah. So what I will do when I upload this podcast is I'll put links to your videos um, so that people can go and see you speaking, listen to some of your lovely, positive, heartwarming stories. I can't thank you enough for speaking to me tonight. We're so grateful to you for what you've done because you have shone a massive spotlight on what is a really cruel problem. And if, and I know that you have helped people already. You've said people have. Um, turned to you um, who are thinking about leaving or who, you know, just need a little bit of help yeah. with leaving. So you've already... Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's... You, you are such a formidable uh, force to be reckoned with. And I'm I'm so glad that I've been able to speak to you. I haven't met you, but I've met you online so to speak so all my love to you and your wife and um i look forward to seeing any more videos and any writing that you do and i will um put the links to this podcast as well and no thank you and it's just been a privilege to talk to you andrew oh andrew i've got one more thing you gave me a song didn't you what tell me about the song that you've chosen and why you've chosen it message to leave i'm sure i know jehovah's witnesses listen to this podcast as well as ex-jehovah's witnesses so that's a beautiful message to leave this podcast on that we do love you and this is andrew's song to you and it's very special to his heart and thank you once again for everybody to for listening to this podcast
doesn't look like the hardest right back in Kettering, does she? But she certainly is. Farrell, thank you very much for coming in uh, this morning.